Well, good morning and welcome to this July 3rd episode of Roadmap to Heaven. I'm feeling a little patriotic today, and I hope you are too. But more than anything, I am feeling the call to holiness today. Not so much feeling it, it's just knowing that's what we're called to today. Because, well, we've been saying that for most of our Christian lives. And so let's start out the day in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is so good to be with you on this Monday morning, July 3rd. It was a full weekend. It was a great weekend and there's going to be some holiday celebrations tonight and tomorrow for Independence Day, and we're going to talk a little bit about that on the show today as well. We're also going to be hearing from Father Ripperger about a rule of life, and then we're going to hear a homily from Monsignor Morris on fraternal correction. Brian Miller is going to be with us on the show with an important uh, reminder. We are now less than six months away from something really big, and then Monsignor John Myler from the Diocese of Belleville is going to be with us to reflect on the Statue of Liberty and some of the symbolism we can see in that. That's all ahead on the show today. But before we get to any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for our July 3rd forecast and our Saint of the Day. Today is the feast day of St. Thomas the Apostle. How do you see St. Thomas? We all know he doubted the others who had seen the risen Christ, saying he would not believe until he put his fingers in the wounds of Jesus' hands and in his side. But why did Thomas say that? Was it grief and heartbreak at the Lord's death? Was he just tired? Was it simply fatigue? Thomas had proven his love, courage, and loyalty for Jesus. He'd been willing to risk his life to go back to Judea with Jesus to see Lazarus, where they had threatened to kill Jesus, saying, let us go also and die with him. When Jesus told them he would be leaving so he could prepare a place in heaven for them so they could follow, Thomas said, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And when Jesus appears and shows Thomas his wounds, he simply says, My Lord and my God. Thomas may have had a weak moment, but he never quit following Jesus and more than that spent his life teaching and preaching about Jesus. Some believe he traveled as far as southern India, 3,100 miles from Jerusalem as the crow flies, to bring the words of Jesus to those who had yet to hear. He is the patron saint of India, Sri Lanka, and Pula, which is in Croatia. St. Thomas the Apostle, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. I love protocols. They make life easier. In fact, this past weekend with the storms that came through, I was going to go out to the parish I used to work at and fill in for their music director who was on vacation. And as I was driving out, I got a notification that power was out at the parish. And I said, well, what do we do? And they said, well, when the power goes out, this is our plan. 
we have all these extra candles. We have all the stuff ready to go. So, and uh, they also have a piano. So, in addition to the organ. So he said, "All right, well then, I'll keep coming." And you, they're going to have mass. Father's going to say mass. I'll play the uh, the hymns on the piano, and it will be go. And by the way, just a little side note: in divine providence. I don't know how closely you were paying attention to the the uh, colic, the opening prayer of Mass, but it was all about people in darkness seeking light, and uh, I just enjoy the Lord giving us a little a little sense of humor there. But it's one of those things that when you have a protocol, it helps you when the unexpected happens, and it just helps keep you on track on just a regular everyday kind of day where nothing out of the ordinary happens. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Hail, true body, truly born. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, true body, truly born of the Virgin Mary mild, truly offered, racked and torn on the cross for all defiled, from whose love pierced sacred side flowed your true blood's saving tide. Be a forte sweet to me in my death's great agony. O my loving, gentle one, sweetest Jesus, Mary's son. Amen. It's a big weekend. This past weekend, we started our Independence Day celebrations, and we started the month of July, which means we are now within six months of the start of the Focus Seek 24 convention here in downtown St. Louis. And if you've listened to the show at all in the last year, you know that we love Focus. You know that we love Seek because the mission aligns so perfectly with what we're trying to do here, and that's to grow in holiness and to evangelize, to spread the faith. So Brian Miller from the Office of Evangelization and Parish Support, if I got that right, is with us today here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. The moral of the story is, Brian, you love to evangelize, you love Focus, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I love evangelization and I love Focus because that's where I learned to do it I mean, I'll, I'll say well. I don't know if I do it well, but it's where I learned what has made me moderately successful in evangelization in my life and has helped me to help different parishes and folks around the archdiocese. So I learned a lot. So last year, first week of January, literally the second through the fifth or the sixth or whatever it was, 17,000 people descend upon St. Louis, some of them from St. Louis even, mostly college students, to grow deeper in love with our Lord, to learn about evangelization, to just have great fellowship. Uh, it, it was an amazing experience. And everyone I've talked to who's been to that conference has said, wow, that was just amazing. That was an incredible, I'm so glad I went. And they say, well, wasn't it just for college students? And it's, no, 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 no. There's a track for adults who want to learn what it means to become a missionary disciple. And since here in the Midwest, we are all about evangelization right now, let's uh, revisit some of that. What is a missionary disciple, and how will the Seek Conference help those of us listening right now become better missionary disciples? So missionary disciple, the term was coined by Pope Francis in the Joy of the Gospel, and it's kind of landmark document that came out about 10 years ago. And really what it means is we're called to follow Jesus, but to be called is also to be sent. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ in its fullest sense, in the truest sense, without also being a missionary. And you see it all throughout the scriptures, that people who are healed by Jesus, people who encounter the mercy of Jesus, go out immediately to proclaim him, to tell people about him. So the woman of the well can't help but go out and tell people about the man who knew everything she'd ever done and knew her heart and spoke love and truth to her. So 
we're all called to be missionary disciples. It, you know, we talk a lot about trying to get mass attendance up in evangelization. We talk a lot about trying to grow our churches and grow our parishes. But what it is, is as we draw closer, we are fundamentally sent out to go out and proclaim that good news to others as well. And for some of us, that can be a very intimidating thing. I know you've been running some workshops in the Archdiocese of St. Louis about evangelization, uh, called Evangelization 101, and a lot of people have gone to those and said, wow, my eyes were open to some new things. So if we're thinking, wait a minute, this is scary. You want me to do what? You want me to go out and tell people what Jesus is doing in my life? I wouldn't even know where to begin. Well, hey, Focus has you covered. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things we heard in those workshops a lot is that people— they're just a little bit hesitant or afraid. So they're they're convicted, I think, for the most part, that that Jesus has done something in their own heart, in their own life. They know about that relationship. And if they haven't, well, we ask them to pray about it and ask, let the Lord reveal to them what's going on in their heart and the graces he's given them. And I think that's really a beautiful thing in and of itself. But a lot of people who came to that have a desire to evangelize. They just don't feel confident evangelizing. One, they just don't know what to say when someone asks them a hard question. But really... That's not usually the first thing that comes up because we live in a world and a culture that is just absolutely more apathetic than anything about faith. They, you know, we're focused on the almighty dollar and we're trying to follow the latest media trends or whatever is going on in the world. People are just kind of distracted and they're not thinking about the questions of faith. So really the first thing we have to do is just let people know that our faith changes the way we live, and we show that in our words and in our deeds. And if we can get comfortable with that, if we get comfortable talking about what the Lord has done for us, that actually starts to spark questions in other people as well. So it's not rocket science, but people need to be comfortable. So we always talked about three things in our workshops, right? Courage, conviction, and confidence. That if we can practice a little bit with people we know, then we're going to go out confidently to the world to proclaim what Jesus has done in our own lives. And the training that Focus offers at SEEK in the Making Missionary Disciples track is really geared towards the exact same things. It's knowing our story, knowing how to tell our story. It's about knowing the story of Jesus and the great story of salvation history and knowing how we can just say that simply. You have a three-minute version of talking about what, what the Lord has done in your life or what the Lord has done all throughout human history, or you can have a much longer version. You know, people are are comfortable and familiar with giving talks at retreats, you know, acts retreats or whatever it might be, giving their big witness and their big testimony in 45 minutes. So we have to kind of be ready to adapt our own story and our own experience of Christ in the church into whatever situation the Lord puts us in. And that's what it means to be a missionary disciple is wherever you are in life, wherever the Lord has put you, whether it's in investment banking or whether it's in education, uh, in a Catholic school, or even a public school, how are you going to witness the Lord in your everyday life? They make it very easy for us this coming year. The dates are January 1st through 5th. It's five days, one, two, three, four, five, January 1st through 5th. Block the, it off. The Let's website <laughs> for more information is seek.focus.org, and there's even early registration discounts before October. So you've got some time. We're giving you a, a little six-month warning that we're six months away from focus here, and I can't wait. Brian, thank you, as always, for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven to talk evangelization, and uh, we know we'll see you at the Focus Conference. Can't wait. In the meantime, we're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. A prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Mystical Rose, make intercession for Holy Church. Protect the Sovereign Pontiff. Help all those who invoke you in their necessities. 
And since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and Mother of the true God, obtain for us from your most holy Son the grace of keeping our faith, of sweet hope in the midst of the bitterness of life, of burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen. Monsignor John Myler is a priest of the Diocese of Belleville in Illinois, and he has been on Roadmap to Heaven before. And Monsignor, we're so grateful to have you back with us today. I am so happy to be with you. Thank you, Adam. Now we're getting ready on this Monday morning to prepare for 4th of July tomorrow. And you, uh, you contacted me and said that you had some interesting parallels that could be drawn about the patroness of our nation, our Blessed Mother, and the Statue of Liberty, and I thought, well, this is a perfect time of year to have you with us. So, uh, again, thank you for coming in, and I, I, I'm wondering, what are these parallels that you have? Well, you know, we call the statue uh, that stands in New York Harbor Lady Liberty. And a, 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 an interesting story uh, got my mind uh, running about this. I know of a Sister of Mercy who ministers in the inner city in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. And one summer day, Sister wrote this, she said she had asked five middle school boys, most of them were not Catholic, from their poor parish uh, to help haul boxes of donated goods uh, from the Mercy Mother House, the big Mercy Mother House. So off they went, the sister and these, these fifth grade boys across town to the Mother House, and the boys had never seen such a big place. Uh, you know how mother houses are. A church was inside the house. Uh, that's the sister's chapel. It had a full cafeteria for the sisters residing there. So after the boxes were unloaded, sister took them to that dining room for an ice cream treat. And as they sat in the refectory, one of the boys whose family was Muslim, uh, they had come from Syria just a year before, was looking out the window and he saw the lovely huge statue on the mother house grounds large statue of mary the mother of jesus and the little boy turned to the sister and he asked sister he said is that the statue of liberty <laughs> and uh, sister says she responded uh, well that's a, a very good guess she said a very good guess and, you know on these july days uh, we celebrate american independence i'm wondering who is this lady liberty so these were these were the kind of uh uh, parallels that I found. Huh? Uh, she holds a torch. She holds a flame, a light. And as we know, uh, Jesus is the light of the world. This light doesn't come from the sun. It comes from God the Son. Huh? I, I saw another parallel in that she wears a crown. And it's a crown that radiates, you know, those seven rays coming out of it. Uh, and she wears this crown uh, not because she is a queen, but because she is a handmaid. She is a servant. And then she holds a book. And the book the Statue of Liberty is holding is not her own words, but uh, is the, the word of the law, uh, the word of life. And then Lady Liberty's feet stand on broken chains. Uh, remember, this was just 20 years after the Civil War that the uh, Statue of Liberty was uh, built and, and donated from France. And so I looked at all these things, and I see 
the great mother of Jesus, I see her giving us the light of the world. I see her crowned because she is that handmaid servant of the Lord. I see her offering the word, the very word made flesh, and the broken chains signify more than just freedom generically, but freedom from sin and death, which is offered to all. So you begin to see those, those, uh, those parallels. And, and you know something, Adam? It wasn't until I then reread the poem at the base that it began to fit together for me. Do you know that great poem by Emma Lazarus? I know portions of it. Give me your poor, give me your tired. There you go. You know portions of it because every school student, uh, every student of history or uh, social studies, uh, even of English, but maybe we need to look at Emma Lazarus, who was a Jewish, young Jewish uh, girl, actually, young Jewish woman. We need to look at her poem a little more closely. She writes of this mighty woman with a torch, the mother of exiles, her mild eyes as she cries with silent lips, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. I think that maybe our culture should read those words anew in the light of the gospel because true liberty is found not in a myth, not as a symbol, but true liberty is in the very person of Jesus Christ. So to my mind, every statue of Mary, when she's holding the Christ child out to us, when she's giving us the light of the world, when she's crushing the head of the ancient foe, every statue of Mary is a statue of liberty. As you have been going through all of these, I am thinking of all of those different statues of Mary. Here in the studio, Our Lady of Grace, who is stepping with her feet on the head of the serpent. In your own backyard in Belleville at Our Lady of the Snows, the Blessed Mother presenting the Christ Child to the world. Um, this has been fascinating, Monsignor, and I'm never going to look at the Statue of Liberty now in the same way because it's going to draw me beyond that into the Blessed Mother. So thank you. You're welcome. We are going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven to get you one more check of the weather in our daily dose of encouragement. Stay tuned. Prayer for the Gift of Prudence. Jesus, Artful master of parables, your prudence eluded the hypocrites. Your actions were known before creation, displaying all the wisdom of your prudence. Eternity must have attended to minutia. Being prudent in your best interest, you considered all potential consequences, securing the outcome of your earthly life. Grant me the prudence to always be cautious and sensitive to the basic needs of others. Jesus, you have shown great foresight. Prudence truly originates from your being. Amen. Once again, we're at the beginning of not only a new week, but a new month here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And with us, as always, is Patty Schneier. Patty, it's always good to be with you. Well, during the summertime, and especially in the month of July, of course, we celebrate Fourth of July. And it got me thinking about the phrase, faithful citizenship. And we cannot take 
our citizenship for granted. We cannot take the, the blessings of our nation for granted. A lot of times, I, I think it's very important to go to Mass on 4th of July, that type of thing. So I wanted to talk about citizenship this week in light of our Catholic faith. So today's is actually going to be a very, very easy encouragement. Actually, it's, it's easy to say, but challenging to do. We should all be encouraged to pray for our elected officials. Now, we say that, oh, yes, absolutely, pray for our elected officials. No, I'm going to talk about especially the ones that do not share our beliefs or our worldview. That's the challenge, to seriously pray for them. And you may want to say, in order to make a commitment to truly pray for our elected officials, you almost need to ask yourself, well, when? When am I going to do it? I'm just going to share with you when I do it. I do it daily when I pray the Stations of the Cross, when I'm taking my morning walk. So the very first station, Jesus is condemned to death. I actually pray for all government leaders. Think about that. Pontius Pilate was a government leader. And we have a lot of Pontius Pilates. You know, we have many crowds that are trying to influence them on every decision. And that is not easy. And so I pray for their wisdom. I pray for their sense of right and wrong. And that I do not condemn those with whom I disagree. You know, Pilate condemned Jesus. But we often are very, very quick to condemn everybody who does not agree with us. So this is a challenging encouragement. We just, of course, need to pray for the conversion of our leaders. We need to pray for their moral courage and wisdom to govern justly in these difficult times. So today, let's think about how can I seriously pray for our nation, pray for our government leaders. And I'm just sharing with you when I do it, that very first station reminds me, Jesus is condemned to death and he was condemned by Pontius Pilate, a government leader. He had a lot of people trying to influence him and we need to influence with our prayers. I was thinking as you said that how much I like to complain to everyone who will listen about when I think someone makes the wrong decision, but how often do I go to God and ask for him to help them make the right decision? So what a great encouragement for us today. Well, that's our show today, and we are so happy that you've been with us on this July 3rd. We're going to take tomorrow off for the Independence Day holiday. I'll be back with you on Wednesday morning for Roadmap to Heaven. You know, as we reflect on the Declaration of Independence, the beginning of the second paragraph is so very important to this day. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These three principles at the founding of our nation, where do they come from? From God. And so let's remember that even as we celebrate 4th of July, as we celebrate independence, the true meaning of freedom is found in our faith. It's found in our Lord. It's found in choosing to do God's will and seeking to do God's will. It's very different from license, which just says do whatever you want. doesn't really matter. You be you. That's what, you know, that's what true freedom is. No, no. Freedom is the, the gift it is to be able to choose to do God's will, to not become a slave to sin. And as we heard today, as I heard at Mass yesterday, if what, you know, what is there in this life that is more important than salvation, than being with our Lord in heaven? 
And the answer is nothing, as we said earlier in the show. Uh, the other homily I heard this weekend from the other priest while I was filling in for the musician at Mass was all about how in your faith life, you know, what you put in is going to really determine what you're going to get out of it. If you don't put work into it, don't expect to get much out. We're not talking about prosperity or riches, but it's that it takes work to follow our Lord. So let's remember that as we go about this week. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, Immaculate Conception, patroness of the United States, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, have a great day. Enjoy the hot dogs and the potato salads and the coleslaws or whatever it may be, the hamburgers, the pork steaks, the fireworks, the not fireworks, the, you know, whatever you do. Have a safe, enjoyable, fun 4th of July. And, uh, you know, a lot of parishes are having mass tomorrow morning. Start the day off right giving thanks to God for this nation. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Have a blessed day and... Don't forget to pray your rosary today.